0: This episode of Stuck in the 80s has been brought to you by... Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Captain. For you, maybe. Will you get a haircut? Yes, sir. The 80s Cruise. Find out more at the80scruise.com. Travel back in time to the
1: 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks.
2: Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh
1: And the technology.
0: Are you telling me you built a time machine? Because just like you, we're stuck in the eighties.
2: Can you say stuck in the eighties?
1: Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown.
2: We have grown although our love is still
1: special
0: Hey hey welcome to Stuck in the 80s it's your host Steve Spears and today we finally conclude a series from all those years ago it's our final installment of Beatles in the 80s featuring the work of John Lennon and Ringo Starr Here's your- With me today, if they're members of the Beatles... Oh, uh, hell, let's face it. They're never going to be members of the Beatles. It's Brad in LA and Just True. I'm glad to
2: not be a member of the Beatles. What? What? Oh, man, are you kidding me? I don't, I don't need that kind of pressure in my life. Oh, yeah, I don't need that kind of... Uh, I think I want to be the manager of the
1: Beatles and just watch the money roll in.
2: There you go. Hiding me on a smokescreen of bourgeois cliches.
1: I guess. I mean, you know, there's a there's a point where you have to sit back. And, I mean, it's kind of... I remember... There's a point where you have to sit back and say, I'm, I was a member of the Beatles and there's nothing that can change that. And I remember hearing when um, Rock Band came out and they said that uh, Paul McCartney was playing it and his grandkids were making fun of him because he was having such a hard time playing Rock Band. He finally, yeah. finally turned to him and he goes, hey, I wrote the damn song. Yeah. You know? I had to do more than just push color-coded yeah. buttons. So well, let's be honest. I mean, at, a, at a point you get to say, pressure's off, I was a Beatle.
0: I mean, yeah. there's, there's no there's nothing more. It's like, uh, you know, I just I don't think there's any equivalent to being a Beatle. Like, I don't think there's anything you can do,
2: anything you could do in pop culture that is remotely yeah, close. I was going to gonna say maybe the Beach Boys, but they've had such a roster. It's just been
1: turning over yeah. maybe the Rolling Stones. May, maybe? I, I would argue a couple later bands, too. I mean, possibly Nirvana. Yeah, uh, which, by the that's... way, did you see they're an 80s band?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: but they're they're part of the movement that killed yeah. the
2: eighties. In the same way well, that yeah. I'm in the I'm a seventies kid because yeah, I grew up in the seventies. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah, uh, there's those photos that were released showing their first their first like I guess a concert in somebody's living room was in 1987. So they're an eighties band. We can <laughs> claim them if we want.
0: Yay! There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of bands that we love from the eighties that that the seventies could claim as well. So oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Steve Perry, Steve Perry. I been gone. So, it was how long ago that we started this series on
2: Beatles in the 80s? I believe it was January of 2014. Yeah, I think it was episode 301. 301? Oh, wow. You knew the episode number. Long ago, when the Earth's core was still <laughs> cooling and druids danced. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so, the original idea was, and this is an idea that we'd had for years and years and years, which was to go back and. Look and see how each one of the Beatles did individually um in the eighties, and for the most part and we had some fun uh I think we had a lot of fun with Paul McCartney yeah. at his expense yeah yeah <laughs> oh, I, I still I still love some of his eighties stuff I mean I really love some of his eighties stuff, yeah um we also
1: tackled uh George Harrison, the quiet beetle,
2: so quiet, is that so why, is, is that why you got quiet
1: <laughs> I've had a hard day's
0: night, my friends, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I've been sleeping like a dog. I, but, I see uh, what you did there. I uh, didn't did mean to go there, but so yes, we did George Harrison, and that was fun. We obviously a lot of interesting stuff to cover there, and then we just kind of petered out, and we never got around to covering John and Ringo.
1: And I think that there's the reason is obviously you know John having died in the first year of the eighties yeah, and then Ringo really not doing much in the eighties. It's kind of hard to, um, to jump into that. Cause it's not the happiest of all topics.
2: No, it's yeah. not.
1: Yeah. Maybe we should have paired these
2: guys up one, you know, one with George and
1: one with Paul.
0: <laughs> no,
2: I think they belong together
0: and, uh, we'll see why as the show goes yeah. on.
1: So let's start off by talking about John Lennon in the eighties. All right. He was kind of coming back from his, uh, from a five-year hiatus he had taken about 1975 with his uh with sean's birth he kind of stepped aside really wasn't um really wasn't involved in music anymore he was just kind of hanging out and he actually said at one point that as as long as he felt that paul mccartney was putting out mediocre work he didn't feel any pressure to go back in the studio <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah what a douche come yeah, on a <laughs> what a d- bag <laughs> But then I guess in – when McCartney released coming up, uh, Lennon was like, wow, this is – he actually was like, it's stuck in my head. It's pretty damn good. Gosh darn it. Yeah, and he kind of decided he was going to go back in the studio already also because of an odd thing. The B-52s rock lobster. It's kind of notorious because of the screaming in Rock Lobster, reminded John Lennon of the stuff that Yoko Ono of had His done. wife, his mm-hmm. frightening wife. And he thought, wow, the world is caught up to what Yoko does. I guess it's time to get back in the studio.
2: Jeez, I thought I saw a story that he had had a. Uh, he was like out on a boat and yeah. he was in a bad storm. Or is this a story that you're leading to?
1: No, I, this was another thing. Was yeah, the, and he he found
2: like he was the only member of the crew that wasn't basically puking up his guts, and he had to take control of the ship for a while, and that gave him some confidence to go back and start writing. Yep, absolutely true.
0: At what point does someone like John Lennon say, "You know what? I've lost my
1: confidence in writing." I don't know. Well, I think, uh, or am I giving him too much credit? No, I think that for, uh, and I, I'm going to lump myself in with the Beatles, which I never should. But as a creative, um, I can say that that you always feel like everything you do isn't good enough. That well, yeah, that's what pushes you, right? To yeah, to I mean, I'm thing. I'm cutting stuff, and uh, that I have done for, like, I've been asked to cut TV spots for movies, and I've been doing that for 16 years, and they hand me a script. And I look at it and the first thought that goes through my head is, this is the one where they find out I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and they're going to fire me. Today's the day. Today's the day. And Better I've asked
2: for a cup of free coffee.
1: Yeah. And I asked some of the other guys that I've, you know, that I work with and they're like, oh yeah, exact same thing. I, I get, there's a, like a moment of panic where you just kind of go, this is the final, this is it. I'm I'm caught. Yeah. So, I think that that's it wouldn't be surprising that that he would decide to to take some time off from the pressure. I mean that you know we talked about earlier the pressure of being a beetle and the pressure of being always great. Um, you know it, it's it's someone from at that level, I'm sure it's even more enormous so you know it's it's a tough thing and and so he decided again, like after the boat trip and after b fifty twos and and taking the time off that he decided he was going to get back in the studio and he started going to the studio. And this was interesting is that he went in for the Double Fantasy album um, and he paid for all the sessions himself. He actually didn't have a label at the time. And so, yeah, he went in. He didn't tell anybody. He kept it all a secret. And it wasn't until, I think, one of the guys who was working on it kind of leaked it. And then he immediately got flooded with offers from everybody. And (laughs) Yeah. yeah, obviously... And uh, David Geffen, who was really young at the time, uh, was able to sign him because instead of talking to Lennon, he talked to Yoko. Mm. And since Yoko controlled every facet of John Lennon's life, that's how come they went with Geffen. That's, so that, I'm that, I'm that deference, that, that deference.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. Interesting. When I told that I'm
0: doing fine, watching shadows on the wall.
2: Don't you miss the big time, boy, no longer on. I went back this morning and listened to. I don't think I've ever listened to this album, Double Fantasy. You only have to listen to half. I was completely unaware (laughs) that half of it is Yoko Ono stuff, and that stuff is scary bad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge John Lennon fan. You might have figured that out. And the songs, you know, I remember those songs. They were obviously big hits in 1980, Mm -hmm. 1981. But I'm like, "Ah, okay, they're they're you know they're okay. But the Yoko Ono stuff is just flat (laughs) out
1: scary. Oh yeah. You know, when I was catching up on John Lennon, kind of reading up on stuff and you and you look at I'm not one of those people that says that Yoko broke up the Beatles. The Beatles were already having a lot of issues as it was, but she certainly didn't help. And the way that she controlled his life, I mean, there's a moment where he actually they were having problems and she like basically set up someone for him to have an affair with. And he went off for two years with this other woman. And then when Yoko wanted him back, she just kind of, like, pretended to – she got him back under, like, false pretenses. Yeah. And then, boom. Like, she emailed the other woman and said, it's over. John's back with me. I mean, it was not emailed. I'm sorry. That was the wrong – she <laughs> yeah. she contacted the <laughs> Way woman. Way ahead of their time. She yeah. She said the carrier
2: pigeon. Yeah, she did.
1: <laughs> but she contacted the other woman and was like, it's over. And then a year yeah. later, Sean was born. So, I mean, she controlled every facet of his life. So yeah. – the fact that she is on half of this album and that she is just brutally bad. Uh yeah, that's the good thing about Double Fantasy is you only have to to listen to half of it. That's and it was fantasy. that une- unevenness that kept it from being really um I mean it was kind of it was kind of blasted by the press when it when Double Fantasy came out.
2: Well, that's I didn't realize that. So, do you think if John Lennon had lived that this would be as well regarded as it is cuz it doesn't seem like the critics really thought much of it.
0: Well, I think I think what I've read anyway is that it's actually his death that made some of the critics kind of pull their punches a little bit.
2: Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there. I mean, I think um, with the New York Times, Rolling Stone, Village Voice, a, a lot of the the ones that really were out to skewer him had had to basically, you know, withhold publication kind of, of yeah. these reviews and just say, you know, it's now is not the time. You know, we're not going to piss in the man's
2: you think that would happen today? I, I think they would give.
0: Oh no, they would. They would skewer him. They, they would. They would take delight. I think today in in writing a negative review of someone who was just murdered.
1: Well, now I'm trying to think about what happened. I mean, Cobain had not just released an album. I uh-huh. think when. So I, I, I think- guess that's kind of a hard one to compare. <laughs> Brad, Brad and I would have been what th-
0: thirteen years old when this came out. Yeah, I was in. Yeah. I was in junior high. I I, I vaguely
2: remember it getting some radio play yeah i remember first. the singles if you hear if you hear the singles yeah. that are released off of it you know just like starting over you totally right. recognize that yeah but, th- but then after his death obviously that's all you heard
0: on the radio i mean yeah i mean it was the stuff like album of the year grammy winner yeah yeah it? i remember yeah. i remember going to the skating rink when i was 13 or 14 years old and all skate all <laughs> skate <laughs> and, and then they would crank up you know reverse. watching the wheels and 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 I'd be like ah oh, this fucking song again <laughs> I mean I was <laughs> I was so over it I was just like fuck the beatles I could give two shits about it's like okay I mean I was really callous
1: about for a 13 wow. year old seriously who- yeah, got some I, I remember.
0: I, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm glad he was shot. It was. I would not <laughs> say he had done it. I would have. I, I, I was at that at that age. I did not have any appreciation of the Beatles. Really, I, I hadn't heard Sergeant Pepper's at that point. Uh, um, I, so all I'd ever heard was maybe, you know, their early, early, early stuff that my you. that my mom would still play and say, "Oh, this is great stuff," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." I mean, I I was still listening to. You know my late seventies schlock. You know my stick, my sticks, and my uh, yeah. stuff like that. And I just remember being so over it. Just like I, I, I would just want to like stuff cotton in my ears every time one of these songs <laughs> came on. And yeah. I feel there was some period in the eighties. Later on, I think it was probably after. I mean, I, I remember hearing Sergeant Pepper for the first time, like in nineteen eighty five. Um, someone oh, brought what? it on our. Uh, friends of mine brought it, a cassette of it on senior cruise after we graduated from high school and and we were all just amazed by it we listened to it for a solid week and then it was after that that I could go back and listen to to John Lennon's solo stuff and say ah okay I have some appreciation for it now but yeah. in 1980 and 81 yeah I I could just I really I couldn't stand him I really couldn't I just okay. just I just was I resented the fact that I was being forced to <laughs>
1: you know listen to it Geez, no, uh, not me. I mean, obviously, I've been I, we've we've established my Beatles credentials earlier on. I, I'm I've always been a fan, and it it didn't change when they came out with some of their. I mean, you know, Ringo and and Paul with some of their '80s stuff, but it didn't take away from the fact that that this is my favorite band of all time from a kid, and uh, I never got sick of them. I, I'm and I'm so happy my kids are into them. I made sure that they got a very healthy dose. <laughs> of the Beatles when they were little so we still listen to a lot of the Beatles
2: what I can
1: hardly express Yeah, well this album came out, it wasn't really well received. Um I think I think um just like starting over, I only got to number seven on the charts. And then uh then at ten fifty on December eighth, nineteen eighty, as Lennon and Ono were coming back to their hotel, Mark David Chapman shot Lennon in the back four times. Mm. And uh Lennon was pronounced dead at eleven oh seven. Do you remember who announced it to the world?
0: It was uh
1: that's right yes we have to say it remember this is just a football game no matter who wins or loses an unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by abc news in new york city john lennon outside of his apartment building on the west side of new york city the most famous perhaps of all of the beatles shot twice in the back rushed to roosevelt hospital dead on arrival hard to go back to the game after that news flash which in duty found we had to take frank indeed it is yeah howard cosell, cosell announced it on on uh i think it was monday night football yeah it was on monday night football. I do remember was, that yeah. wow yeah i don't remember that that's crazy and what was also weird was the uh was that there's a picture one of the last pictures of lennon is actually him signing the double fantasy album for mark david chapman earlier in that day <gasps> really uh-huh. i didn't know that yeah and that album because it has chapman's fingerprints on it and lennon's autograph they think it's probably the most valuable record in the world uh it it sold in 2003 for about eight hundred thousand dollars, but since then it's just its value skyrocketed oh, wow so now how i'm curious because i remember hearing about it i didn't hear about it in um on From Howard Cosell. I, what happened when I heard about Lennon's death, I woke up in the morning and my, my you know, alarm clock was set to the radio. And I woke up and uh, they played a Beatles song. And I thought it was kind of weird because the radio station I had wasn't necessarily a, yeah. a, an oldie station. And then they played a John Lennon song. And it was one of the first times I remember hearing two songs by the same artist. And when they played a third, I thought, "What in the hell is going on?" And it's then a they, rock block weekend. Yeah, they didn't have that. Yeah. And the the uh, the announcer said, "You know, John Lennon was shot and killed last night." And I still remember that announcer, the DJ, and I still remember that moment. And for years later, when they would play two songs by the same artist, I would literally get <laughs> like, anxiety. Uh-oh. Yeah, like the first time it was like, "It's a two for Tuesday." You know, and I I didn't know that. And all of a sudden they play two by Tom Petty. And I'm like, oh, my God, Tom Petty died. And I still have some of those moments where I think back to – you know, where where they play two songs and I, I get a little nervous, a little anxious, yeah. all because of that moment. Where were you guys when you heard? Do you remember?
2: Oh, I don't remember. I mean, I remember it happening, but I mean, I was, uh, it just wasn't on my radar. I'm like, oh, John Lennon died. Oh, yeah. People are saying, hmm, who was that? Oh, the Beatles. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Oh, I, I mean, I, no, no, nobody, nobody
2: deserves that. <laughs> no one deserves to die like that, but it just wasn't on my radar and I didn't really give a crap about it. There, I, I said it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I want to say that my experience is probably similar to Drew's. I, I think I heard about it on the radio after hearing many songs in a row. And I, I know my, my parents didn't tell me or, or anything like that. It just I don't even know that they knew, to be honest. I mean, it, it was just one of those things that you find out about and you're like, you just struggle to believe that it's actually true, that something like that could have happened to, to a beetle.
1: In my life,
0: I love you more.
2: Is a new sadness around the world this morning. Uh, This shot uh, that you just saw is uh, live uh, Eastern Time, 7 o'clock this morning, uh, outside the Dakota. That's an apartment building on Central Park West in New York City. John Lennon, the former Beatle, was murdered in front of his apartment late last night. And during this hour, we will talk with some of the people who knew John Lennon well. Uh, We'll talk about his life. ...about his unique contribution to music, to our culture, to our times. Uh, in a few minutes, we will start by talking with a man who conducted the final interview with John Lennon. That was just yesterday afternoon, a long discussion for radio. And we will talk with the man who conducted the interview. Uh, I am David Hartman with Stephanie Edwards, Joan Lennon, taking the week off. And this is Tuesday, and this is the 9th of December.
0: So Mark David Chapman, um, still incarcerated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> denied parole eight times. <laughs> <laughs> he is due for another parole hearing in August 2016. Do you think they'll ever let him out? I think at some point they have to. I mean... Well, I mean, he could die
1: in prison. I mean, he could just die from, Well, yeah. yeah he not, could. I mean, not he's old still. age, but I mean, he could be... Uh, what do you I mean? Are you passing cigarettes into the uh, into the prison to take care of something, Steve? No, what no, do you?
0: no, no. He's, he's
1: 60 years old. Is he 60 already? Oh, yeah, he's 60. Wow. So
0: it's like... You know. And
1: prison ain't easy on your, uh, on your your insides <laughs> on your body. So you're right. you're not exactly getting the healthiest of living there. I'm not sure I want to be the
0: the inmate known for killing John Lennon
1: either. You know, just yeah. like uh,
2: well, that's probably less and less a big deal with the prison population as you get older. But anyway. yeah, it's not like he killed Tupac. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <Okay>. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I'm assuming he's it's it's he was he pled insanity, right? Yeah. So he has to not only like say why. Well, I've paid my debt to society, but I'm also
1: all better, all better. Actually, you know know what? He didn't plead insanity. He pled guilty to second-degree murder. Uh, That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Probably smarter move on his part. Well, real quick, I'm just going to jump back on Double Fantasy because after he died, it did go to number one. And also, it was listed by Rolling Stones as the 29th best album of the 1980s. Uh. Why, why Rolling Stone? Why you know what number one is? You know what number one is?
0: I'm gonna guess Thriller. It's not. It's not Thriller. It's uh. uh no. It's oh. It's shoot of the '80s. And I've I've had this one before. Is it? Is it a Clash album? Yes. Uh, very good. Combat London Rock, Rock, Calling. London, yeah. Calling. London yeah. Calling. Very good. Yeah,
1: okay. And and so. Thrillers two, I think. Right. I think so. Yeah. Thrillers yeah. two or three. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that was Double Fantasy and of course it did. It won the 1981 Grammy Award for Album of the Year and and um, the Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music went to Lennon. So yeah, there was a lot of nostalgia after, yeah, right. after Lennon was shot. So
0: the number one thing I'm probably guilty of is telling people erroneously that um, Double Fantasy was Lennon's only studio album of the 80s. That's simply not true. Drew will explain why.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that with Double Fantasy, that was it. But he actually had a bunch of songs that he had been working on in the studio, but they weren't released on Double Fantasy. And that became the album that was released in 1984 called Milk and Honey. And that actually had a couple of really good songs. Nobody Told Me was a really great song. I'm stepping Out and Borrowed Time. Nobody to- Told Me was actually meant for Ringo. But Ringo didn't feel comfortable using it after John's death. No! The music video of uh, Nobody Told Me was just uh, uh, home movie clips of Yoko and and John and their baby Sean. But yeah, that was the second studio album, and it did all right, but it wasn't like double fantasy. And after that, there were actually a couple more live albums, but I'm not really going to touch on those because those albums were all recordings of concerts John did back in the early 70s before he took his his, uh, five-year hiatus. So they're not really 80s albums.
0: Isn't it always creepy to you? Um, like when you see an actor's a movie that an actor made, you know, and then and then has subsequently died, like you know James Gandolfini, you know, had a movie that came out after he died. It's like I don't want to go see a movie of someone who's now dead. And some part of me wonders whether or not my reaction to Milk and Honey would have been the same thing. I don't really want to listen to an album from someone who's now dead. Or am I am I just weird I, that way? No, I, don't, like, I see it today with I see Robin Williams still his his name still pops up yeah. um you know for movies that were released after his death. And I always feel weird about I, I don't there's something it gives me a creepy feeling to watch that.
2: I always kind of wonder if, well, you know, is this just stuff you're releasing because you have it? And if it was as good as – if it was really good stuff, then why wasn't it on the last album, you know? Well, and Michael Jackson, the same thing. I mean, he he recorded
0: reportedly thousands of of songs that were never released. And Mm -hmm. I I really don't want to hear them. You know, I I just kind of want to – I have some sort of weird time – Schism, fear. I don't want to hear. That, that sums up the whole podcast right there. Yeah, I I don't want. Maybe it does. I don't want to hear new songs from people who are who have been dead. I just don't want to yeah. do it. I don't mind hearing songs that that they you know
2: were released when they were alive.
0: But but there's a big difference between
2: Is you think I, it's just because they don't have buy-in on the process? Like you don't no, really just, know what I they wanted, it's just, or it's just it's just some sort of. Undescribable
0: creepiness—that some sort of weird thing I have, you know. Like some people, you know, don't like uh, the smell of, you know,
2: lavender or something <laughs> like that. Oh. Good.
0: I just yeah, I, I have something about nervous there. honey. I don't.
2: I was, yeah, we were going to go to a very dark place here. A big hurry. <laughs>
1: no, I just, I just some people don't like the smell of, of decaying of...
2: <laughs> bodies in their basement. I mean, well, um, <laughs> I mean lavender.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know why. I love the smell of lavender for that. For for what it's worth.
2: But just, yeah, it covers up the smell of decaying bodies yeah, very nicely. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like any fear, fear, you know. It's like any yeah, fear that someone somebody, would have.
0: They're, that's they're right. largely unexplainable to me. My, I have a thing about I don't want to watch a movie by someone who's now, the, you know. Now,
1: that, is it somebody because eventually, you know, everyone dies. So is it? But like it was you real- don't watch Clark Gable movies, no, or no, no, you don't no, no. watch. A movie Something that was released,
2: that they made, but was released after they died. Oh, after
1: they passed, yeah. so that you know this is going to be
2: it. Like the last movie, I don't. So know I record it. this podcast, then I have a brain aneurysm, right. and then you release the podcast. Steve I'm can't gonna- listen to.
0: It. I-, I won't do it. I won't release this if either one of you die before we finish. Wow, editing. Oh, I'm but- freaking out right now.
1: now you <laughs> I will not got release really this. Really upset. I don't
0: want to do that. I don't want to say that. And this was the
1: last time we ever talked to to Drew. Well, well, what if this is my last chance to be on the podcast, and you don't release this podcast?
2: It's pretty selfish, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty selfish. Yeah, sorry. That if we... you die, Steve, we're releasing it. I, yeah, I, I, I thought about this last <laughs> night, actually. It's awful. Cause wow, cause Adam, I think, where are we going here? I, I
0: think, I think the chances of me dying you know, before we get around to editing the show, especially as long as it's going on now, are are, are fairly, you know, in in a ballpark anyway. <laughs> but I, I would want you to go so? ahead and finish it.
1: I would want you to pick easier Seggies. That's all I would ask what if for. Died half, what if you died before we even got to the Seggies? Wow. Could we then still release it? Like, at what point is the death no longer viable? You know, like... <laughs>
2: after, after I hang up... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the, I'm gonna have to check the bylaws on We that. have to
1: check a chart. Is there a chart we can refer to?
0: Oh. Sound- Turn your key, sir. I'm telling you, 15 minutes before we started this podcast, it was 50-50 whether or not I would finish it, so... <laughs> You know, put your bets
1: down now.
2: What, what were we talking about? I don't <laughs> so know. we so were so,
1: talking about Milk the honey. release of Milk and Honey. Uh, I, I'm going to just kind of. I don't. I don't know if I have a problem with that. I think my biggest issue is like like Brad said. If it wasn't good enough to be on the previous album, why is it being released now? Yeah. But some of the songs that were on there were really good songs. Okay, so oh, that's good. you know, I I, I think that at the time with the limitations of how much you could actually put on an album and the fact that yoko ono was taking up half of it you know not every good song was going to be able to make oh, it that's a good point
2: and and they were kind of trying to tell a story on double fantasy right so there yeah. may have been some stuff that didn't fit with the narrative like you know john lennon's uh hit single leave me alone you controlling bitch <laughs> uh,
1: if that song comes out now i might listen to it yeah it it's uh it's an interesting album. It's a little uneven. It also didn't do as well. But, you know, it's, it's his last studio album ever. So, um, you know, it's, it's something just to be noted and, and respected, I guess. We've spent a lot of time talking about John. And I don't want to, to go.
0: Yeah, I want to spend some time. I mean, obviously, we've, we've left him to last because seemingly he had the least amount to contribute in the 80s. But what, what's your overall impression of Ringo Starr in the 80s?
1: Well, he landed Barbara Bach. Yeah, so I'll give him that. Yeah, Ringo. By the time the eighties came around, Ringo uh, had really fallen off. Um, he had a couple of albums that came out, and each one did progressively worse. That by the time he did uh, nineteen eighty one, Stop and smell the roses, he was like begging for a r- label to release it. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and when that did bad, um, he basically gave it up. He just was like he he was done, and he didn't do really any recording or anything in music until 89 when he started the uh, first of 12 variations of Ringo Starr and his all-star band where he'd right. get, make it like yeah. a super group.
0: Have you, have you guys ever seen that? I've
1: never seen it live. I've seen clips of it.
0: But I I haven't
2: haven't ever, it no, I haven't ever seen them. Seen I, it? I saw it I saw it a few years ago. It's
0: some really good lineups. Oh, it's well. really great. If you're yeah. an 80s fan or yeah. even a 70s fan, it's it's pretty good. The one I saw it had um, Colin Hay and Billy Squire. Oh, oh, wow. Nice. And the, the usual shtick is everybody gets two songs, I think, um, of their oh, own to perform. And then everybody performs okay. with Ringo. And yeah. uh, so we got to hear, you know, God, I can't—I don't remember which ones that we heard. But I remember I remember was, I was sitting there with Sean Daly. Oh, yeah. You guys went <clears> together. <throat> I remember hearing about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so Billy Squire just blew people away. I mean, you oh, forget how Billy Squire. ridiculously good he was. Yeah. And, yeah. See, so I love Ringo for putting this together because he gives these musicians who don't really probably attract these crowds on their own anymore. Yeah. He gives them the exposure that they so, you know, they really deserve They get a platform yeah. for that. Yeah, and yeah. who doesn't and who doesn't want to play with a with a Beatle? So, yeah. but I, I remember the show was over and um Daley's just he won't leave. He's like, "Do you think they'll let Billy Squire come on and do a couple more songs?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "No, man, it's over." The show is over. It's over, man. I mean, you're still here? Go when, home. When, <laughs> when Ringo sings all you need is love, it's over, you know? And, yeah. And um he was I've never seen him so perplexed before and it it was it was an interesting day cuz we started out backstage. We 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 managed to get backstage for Ringo Starr and or wow. into into a green I should say we got into the green room and uh
2: who uh, ate all the little tiny sandwiches? <laughs> yeah,
0: there, were, there was nothing. There was, there was. I think soda there. I think there was. I don't remember there being any alcohol. I think there was soda and juices. And uh, we were there with um, was it Gary U.S. Bonds was there or something. Oh, so, oh, wow. Somebody once. I I want to say it was him, but it was um somebody from the from a sixties group. And I you have to go back. I'm sure Robert Jordan could go back. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, and he would know who exactly it was. But he was there, too. and We were all kind of just sort of hoping, you know, can we even get a look at Ringo Starr? Can we yeah. even, like, share the same breath of air as this guy? And, of course, he didn't come out. And th- or then yeah. the thing kind of in the back of our heads was, well, maybe they'll drag out Colin or Billy for us. They didn't do yeah. that either. So, I mean, all we got out of him was a free drink. And uh, But, I mean, there's this – the air, I mean, I, he may be the, the least respected Beatle or traditionally has, but I think he's kind of had yeah. a – a bit of a, oh, he's had a resurgence. Oh yeah, yeah oh, last yeah. year. I mean, he was just he was just right. inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on an individual basis. I think this last yeah. year, and um, I know there was a popular vi- viral video going around with all these famous drummers sitting down. I was going to bring that up.
1: Yeah, Kid Dave Grohl, and all these yeah. guys. Yeah,
0: but um, but he still has. It's like it's like being like the least popular. King of England, you know, I mean, there's still this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you still get to wear the yeah. crown There's still a <laughs> majesty that surrounds them You know, that that, that
2: You can't deny, so it's, yeah That but, said, have you listened to these albums? I'm not stop and smell the roses Today, again, I'm trying to do my homework for you People, Thank and you. here are my notes Is this a joke? Yeah <laughs> Drumming is my business, and he just sings That over and over again for four or five minutes It's just, it's crap Drumming
1: is my man. Well, it did reach number 38 in the U.S. charts solely, no, I think, because idiots. it was Ringo. We well, so I think it was because it was Ringo. Rack, I should say Rack My Brain did, uh, the single from it, um, which gave him, John Lennon, and uh, George Harrison all had a top 40 hit that year. Paul McCartney was the only one who didn't have a hit, uh, top 40 hit that year. It was kind of a wow. Whirlpool. Yeah. Um and then I almost forgot to mention he uh he also had an album re- produced by the Eagles Joe Walsh called Old Wave which was actually a play on the term New Wave and it was released in 1983 and it did nothing. Yeah. I like... heard
2: my notes on that one. <laughs> Old Wave sounds at least a little better. Oh wait, no it doesn't. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was <laughs> it it was like released in Germany first and I, I mean it it did like yeah there's there's nothing you can say about this album. So it, One of uh, them has a
2: cover it. of You Belong to Me on it that is just so wrong, too. It's like oh, this yeah. happy little upbeat cover of You Belong to Me. I'm like, no, this is a sad song. This is a song about someone whose lover is gone, and you don't get to see them, and you're hoping they remember you. And he's like, you know, it's like I can picture him in like a seersucker suit with a straw hat. Like, oh, he's tap dancing his way down the stage. <laughs> you Belong to Me. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. See the pyramids across the land.
0: I, th- I think uh, we can all agree that the one thing about Ringo in the 80s is that his, his, his biggest achievements were definitely ones away from his solo career.
2: I mean, on the silver screen, my friends. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> you oh. love that movie. Atuk! That is the movie Caveman. Was that 81?
2: Uh, I can't yeah, remember. I it was released in 81, yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, that's where he met his future wife, Barbara Bach. It, who you know? Who else was in that movie besides John Matuszak, the former Raider, but Shelley Long <laughs> Shelley and Dennis Quaid?
2: Yeah. yeah, Dennis Quaid is the is the friend, right? Long. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yep. yeah. It's great. Well, is there one person who speaks English? Right, it's the, the Asian yep. character. Yeah. Yep, it's the and no one can character. understand her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's him. Uh, him yeah. and uh, uh, let's see. I think I read somewhere that that um, Roger Ebert said it's. It's disturbing to think how much money and time was spent on this film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is. It is extraordinarily stupid.
1: Yeah, and yet you'll watch it every time it comes on. Which, I, which,
2: I, I sure. a DVD? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jeez. You should. You should well, you there was
1: should. always Ringo. Always had kind of a presence on screen. I mean, he was actually when when you know Hard Days Night came out here. Everybody kind of liked Ringo. He he kind of pulled it off yeah. on screen. So yeah, you know, Caveman, he also, and and this is something I don't want, I'm hesitant to bring it up because we all know this makes Spearsy cry, but he was also in the the film version of Give My Regards to Broad Street right. with McCartney.
0: 1984.
1: Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know, people people hate that movie. I, I don't, I'm not one of them.
0: Even though it gets a 23% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, you're,
2: you're 17 of those 23%.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've, I, I like the songs from it. I like the fact that you see Ringo and uh Paul yeah. together.
1: So what are we doing? The medley. What medley?
2: Okay, Paul, I'd like to hear a run through again, man. Okay.
0: And he and he kinda picks up his same old shtick of he's kinda like the comic relief to some mm-hmm. degree. And uh and it has you know, the the great song No More Lonely Nights. So I will not say a
1: bad thing about it. Don't, don't uh, say it. Uh, don't start crying. Don't do it. Well, because you was, admitted that when we did the McCartney one you, you know, know what would yeah.
2: make you happier maybe is if you think about Ringo Starr's turn as the station uh,
1: yeah at,
2: at Shining Time station as Mr. Conductor
1: Yeah, which what like came up such... here was Thomas the tank engine right yeah. I mean, was, yeah. yeah
2: it just seemed like such stunt casting but uh, hey you know but
1: they've always had I mean um, had one George, George Carlin, Carlin yeah. yeah that's
0: um. a bit <laughs> you're absolutely right I keep it to remind myself that one day the railroad will give me a gold watch for all my years in
1: service. That's what you get when you've been around as long as I have. But I always know what time it is. How? How? I just look at that big clock over there. So he was, yeah, he was the conductor on the TV program for Thomas the Tank Engine, or Shiny Time Station, and then uh, then in 88, he and his wife went into rehab for alcohol, which is probably why when you went to that all-star band thing, there was no alcohol in the uh, – oh, oh, there you go. So – because he's been sober. So, And I have one bit of information or one bit of trivia. Uh, Caveman starts with a title that lists the date as 1 zillion BC, October 9th. <laughs> now, why is October 9th important? Oh, I know this, but I don't remember. Is that the – I don't know. It's the birthday of John Lennon. Yeah. Also, oddly enough, the birthday of Carol Jansen. What? Yeah, she shares a birthday with John Lennon. Not the same year, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> obviously. obviously. I, b-
0: I believe she has gone on record saying that's the only thing she likes about John Lennon.
1: Is that <laughs> she he was born? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> talking to her anymore then. <clears> believe she,
0: I believe those words have come out of her mouth. Oh. You, you know what words I like to have come out of my mouth right now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> words, right? Words? <laughs> uh,
0: the the seggies. seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. Normally we start these uh, Seggies with a reader mailbag letter, but we we don't have one today. And well, what, I could tell you
1: what I thought about uh, the flock of these seagulls. Oh, yeah, the- please do. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I'm a big fan of flock of seagulls. So I really liked hearing him talk about everything that he had done, and I thought it was really funny how – He told that story about being at the Us Festival and getting ready to go on stage in the crowd. And then for me, because I was at the Us Festival, I was on the other side of that curtain. To hear him talk about what was going on on the other side was really cool. Yeah, And and I'm just a fan of the Seagulls. I remember back in the early 2000s, I was uh, working at a place and everybody there was a record store nearby. We'd all go buy CDs and stuff and then come back from lunch and kind of tell each other, oh, I got this or I got that. And I came back with the Flock of Seagulls' Greatest Hits. And this one guy, Mark, he goes, Was there like one song? And I got like really angry with him. I was like, You come say that to defensive. my face, Shorty. Seriously, I was like defensive about it. I'm like, No, are you kidding me? You know, wishing is on here. And then, so yeah, I, um, I think I may have forced him to listen to the whole thing because there were so many good songs. You know, they're in Grammy winners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I really liked that interview. I thought it was really fun and really interesting.
2: The, the thing I keep coming back to is the, you know, who wants to practice thing. And as, yeah. a, you know, as a recovering musician, I'm right there with you, Mr. Score. Yeah. Well, when yeah. I was in a band, the, the one thing I hated to do was
0: practice. I'll do all the gigs you want me to do, but don't force me to practice. So...
2: It was, it was fun. It was, it was fun, fun a seagull. Yeah, it should have been a seagull. <laughs> hey, we uh, could get you up there with him on the cruise, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That won't happen. But It'd be a real it, shame if his keyboard player came down with some mysterious disease on day one. you used you to fill in. <laughs> God, he's a keyboard player, so that's not going to
0: happen. Oh, but bass. Uh, hey, it's weird. It's weird to think of him being only like 20 miles away from me right now, though. Yeah. So You should
1: go get coffee. <laughs> yeah, just know? knock on the door. Yeah, knock, knock. Hey. Boom, boom.
2: Hey, I brought oh, you man. some coffee. <laughs>
0: Did he say he was a hairstylist? Yeah, he was a hairstylist before he formed the band. So.
1: Wow.
2: Interesting. Yeah, that was a great. I loved it. I thought if it was great. You could great. get a wash and cut if you'd take him a
0: coffee. <laughs> Jeez, all you need is a pair of clippers with me these days. Uh, mystery movie moment, the reason we all gather here today. So you know the deal by now. We play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you get entered into the drawing for a stuck-in-the-80s bottle opener.
1: How are we doing on those, Brad? Are we still, still We sending? got.
2: We have ample supply. Okay, Ample supply.
1: How do I get one? I, I, I need to slide in and, and get a uh, friend I'll, of the show discount or something. I'll send you one.
2: Oh, that'd be awesome. I know. I'm a nice guy.
1: Say that now. No, everyone's going
0: to want one.
2: Well, I, well, you can have one, <laughs> especially since he might die before the show's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. If you After die, I'll give it death. to you. Want, you want me to give it to your wife or your daughter, the 80s You broche. stay away from the my wife and my daughter. daughters. The <laughs> bottle opener, you sicko. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, pay attention. Here's our clip from the last show.
1: What about that school in the Did you burn it down? No way, guy. We don't do schools.
0: Yes, that's the legend of Billy Jean. And I say <laughs> yes, because if it wasn't written down in
2: my notes, I wouldn't have known it myself. I had no clue. Well, you know, I tried to pick something that was uh, maybe a little bit obscure, but that quote was very look upable.
1: look upable. Well, that's cheating, though, is it? I mean, I've never is looked it? up a... Oh, yeah. Oh, see, that's I, a that's real not trivia. A, that's man. not in the rules. Well, oh, I, I
0: just—I
1: no, I personally put,
0: think people are on the honor system, and you, you either know it or you don't know. It. Here's my thing yeah. with with, with Here's the art form, the art form of the Seggies by Stephen Q. Spears. <laughs> um, I look for something, both as a song and a movie clip, that when you hear, you're like, "Oh, damn, yeah. I know that!" Shoot, what the hell? Give me ten brain. seconds. Give me ten more seconds. Just where it, it taunts you for the rest of the day. That's yeah. that's what I'm going for. I, it, that's, it's good trivia. Yeah, I'm not looking for something I was like, oh, no effing clue on that one. But but it does happen, obviously, you know. Yeah. But um, so that's why that's why usually the songs were they were somewhere in the top
2: 40. Yeah, I mean, if year. we wanted to, if we wanted to stump people, we just go with deep album cuts all the
1: time. I can tell you right now, I never saw a Legend of Billy Jean. So. I never, yeah, I didn't either. But I mean, that's what makes it fun, is like you said, to sit there and think, oh, there's something, I know there's something about this. Like, there's somebody out there that the, loves this
2: movie that watches yeah, 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 of course. So. I mean, there's
0: that, – and that's, that's the fun part. And you, sometimes you hope that you get a letter from it, like, yeah. oh, like the pirate movie with, with Christy McNichol. You know, like, we throw that one out there sometime and someone will write in and say, you know, like, 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 just some, like we know there's some goober out there who owns Caveman <laughs> on DVD.
1: <laughs> there's somebody who owns that the guy pirate movie.
0: Yeah, there's someone who owns the pirate movie. Which I'm not saying that the pirate movie is going to be this week's clip. But we I'm don't saying, judge. I'm we saying, don't judge. I'm Nor saying it's completely like possible. Clips. Anyway, uh, we did. So we didn't get too many winners. To make a long story short, so
2: people maybe are on vacation still, they're at the beach.
0: Well, they're it is the time of year stuff. where everyone's doing like their final uh, family vacation, so anything's possible. So, uh, Brad, take care of it.
2: This week's winners are Kevin serving Winch, Ryan the pirate in Nashville, and Tom in Graz, Austria, who's running out of Arnold quotes. Well, you know,
1: how could you? God, there's 10 grillion Arnold quotes. <laughs> I know, Oops, seriously.
2: Pop- Start, yeah, Your quotes, give them to me.
1: <laughs> Use imdb.com. <laughs> you know, I have this app on my phone which um, gives you directions and you can change it to be Arnold's voice like he did for, for Terminator as part of the promotions for it. Okay. Have, yeah. So it's like, turn left here.
2: Hey, mister, watch your talk. I can hear my talk. I cannot watch it.
1: Would you, if, you
0: could, if you could make a, a personalized voice from the 80s for your phone, who would you pick?
2: Martha Quinn. Ooh, oh, that's a good God. call. How'd you get that so fast, you bastard? Because I am a freaking genius, Spears. Oh, that's really good. Martha that Quint is really where to good. Go. Yeah, I'd drive off a cliff. <laughs> Jeez,
1: <laughs> keep going, Brad. Okay, Martha. I don't know be. who. I don't know who I would pick. I would probably pick either Cameron or Ferris. I'm not sure which of the two. F- Ferris would be fun. Ferris would be fun, but there'd be something about Cameron, you know. Oh, I want I want Cameron to do it as Sergeant Peterson the whole time. <laughs> well, you just mind your P's and Q's, Buster, and remember who you're dealing with.
0: That would, that would be worth it. <laughs> okay, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip.
1: What I write in my book is my business.
0: If you know it, email us at sit80s at gmail.com or steven80s at gmail.com or bradney 80s at gmail.com. com. Yeah. Ah, uh, the Miscore friend of Name That 80s Tune. Um, you know the drill by now. Song, clip, answer, bottle opener. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Uh, dot, dot, wrong. dot.
0: Steve running out of energy. Uh, pay attention. Here's last week's not-so-mystery tune. That's Wham Rap by Wham. How did you people not get this?
2: <laughs> Seriously.
1: Because it's a terrible song. We talked about this. I, had, I know. And you played it. And I was like, oh, that has to go back into the uh, repressed memory section of my brain. I don't want to <laughs> think about that.
2: I'm this am as many people are familiar with this as, as there are. It, it should come as no surprise that Brad loves Wham Rap
0: and the movie Caveman. <laughs> I'm, I'm a complicated person, sort of. Uh, so we we really thought more people. But you you did pick an unusual part of the song
2: to to display. Well, I I tried to get away from you know the chorus is like well yeah that's obvious what it is. I want to make it a little challenging. I wanted to dig yeah. a little deeper into your oh, brain, yeah. or like you said.
1: Like, yeah. I don't I don't, I I don't ever use a chorus. So. I think that that was right. I, I, I like that you chose something that even though you just talked about it, I was still confused as to what it was. That's, I think that's if any,
2: any lyric in there, people wouldn't know oh, what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. I, here, so here's you know,
0: chapter two in the Spearzonian uh, Guide to <laughs> Understanding the segi.
2: Magnum opus, how
0: to seggy. <laughs> if, you, if you want to know one of the secrets, I almost always take my clip from the first 30 seconds of the song. Before, I, I usually never include lyrics unless it's really obscure. Yeah, or unless the lyrics somehow are misleading, like "Oh, that's so and so's voice, but this is, but this is not his work that's with that band. It's a sample album, yeah, or something like that." So it's almost always from the thirty first thirty seconds of the
1: song. Sometimes it's from the first ten seconds of the song. So there you go. I remember you messed with me once because you picked a song that sounded just like Bruce Hornsby, and I think it turned out to be Don Henley.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, it was probably
1: written by Bruce Hornsby. Yeah, and I was really bummed. Thought I had it. Oh man. Well, would a bottle opener make you feel any better? It might. Okay, it we'll might. try. We'll, uh, we'll
2: try it out. <laughs> okay, so uh, Bradley, take care of the honors, if you don't mind. Uh, winners this week include Edward in El Paso, Tim in Harrisburg, Charles from Yorktown, and G-Ray, who wrote, Can't Believe You Threw Out Wham Rap for the mystery song on the same episode I ripped into it. Salt in my wounds, my friend. Salt in my wounds. Wow. That's what we're here for. Help out.
1: Uh, I'm so with let's... G-Ray on that. Yeah.
0: So let's find out who, uh, let's spin the wheel and find out who wins the bottle opener this week.
2: Oh, no coincidence here. It's G Ray.
0: Woohoo.
2: All right. So maybe that'll help. uh, You you can open a beer to pour into the salt on your (laughs) wounds.
0: Don't (laughs) drown your sorrows. Don't Don't pour pour a beer into any open wounds. It's chapter three of how
2: Steve does this. <laughs> oh just, right. It's, it's it's this
1: has uh, been deep thought.
0: Wrong kind of alcohol Steve
2: spears. Yeah. Use carbon dioxide. Uh, oh, so yeah. G oxide. G
0: Ray, you have to send us your snail mail address and we'll uh, we'll take care of it from there. In Is the meantime that, Does anyone other than
2: you say snail mail anymore? Really? Am, am I that bad? I, I don't think I hear the term ever. What would you like me to use? Yeah. I, I don't know. You have Sna- something cooler? Something snail better? mail just sounds Use your U.S. postal address. <laughs> send us a mailing address. I don't know. <sighs> Am I being weird? Yeah, what else is new? A little nitpicky. You, yeah. yeah. A little nitpicky. Why are you so okay. crabby? <clears throat> did I do,
0: Why not? That make too many caveman cracks? Are you, are you starting to no. a little sensitive? <laughs> no. You'll know. <laughs> I'm not sure I would ever really know. I don't know if I... I can't remember the last time I ever
1: got you mad, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. After do you it, get... Do you get like... um howdy mad brad do you just kind of like like become passive aggressive about it how do you uh, get mad i don't really get mad everybody gets mad because yeah, i don't think i've ever really seen you too
2: angry i don't really it just doesn't happen i don't get that angry do you get, I, I would imagine you probably get loud a little bit like, uh no start i start actually when i get angry i get quiet huh i get okay. really quiet and really focused <laughs> I get, but it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't happen very often.
1: Well, you get really mad and really focused because that's how you can make the most successful bombs, right? When you really are checking your wiring, you're going to get back at them.
2: You know, measure once, cut twice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other way around. The other way around. Yeah, no, I just, honestly, I don't get angry that often. I don't let it happen. It just doesn't, you know, most things aren't worth it.
1: Hmm. Boy. That just furthers my belief that you're really an automaton. You're, you. uh, don't feel those emotions. <clears throat> I am the stuck in the 80s robot 2000. <laughs> my real
2: name is Beepie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beepie. Twiggy, Twiggy, Twiggy. Good I one, miss, Fierzy. Me, 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 me,
0: I miss Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yeah, you, oh, I, I miss Aaron I know, Gray. You
2: miss, is you miss that jumpsuit. exactly. I miss Aaron Gray. Uh, my
0: God. Now I'm fully awake.
2: Uh, We've we've gone into yet another cul-de-sac here. Yeah,
0: let's pull out of it. Uh, All right, no pun intended. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us. You have the addresses by now. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
1: Cruise back to the 80s on the first ever 80s cruise. Seven days in the most radical party to ever hit the high seas with a totally awesome lineup of artists that define the sound of the decade. Join Huey Lewis in the news,
0: Richard Marks, Starship, cool in the Gang, a flock of seagulls modern english naked eyes tiffany wang chung and jesse's girl the ultimate 80s party band and the original mtv vj's nina blackwood mark goodman and alan hunter as we cruise to exotic ports of core like grand turk san juan saint thomas and the private island of Half Moon Key, you can't miss this sailing from february 28th through march 6
1: 2016 for the most gnarly vacation ever For more information, log on to the80scruise.com or call 844-384-8080.
0: And we're back. We've got a few minutes left. So I thought we'd talk about, now that the uh, the Beatles in the 80s series is over, um, how do you rank the four members based on the quality of work they did in the 80s? Or maybe you rank them differently based on the amount of influence
2: that their 80s work had. Hmm. That's a really good question.
1: Yeah. Um, I would probably have to, I mean, if you're going to rank them, I think it's tough because I would rank George and John kind of equally just because I think George had the better output but I think John will always have more of the influence on on things. Yeah. I think people still look at John's work not only as a solo artist but also as a Beatle and like Oasis and other bands and they're you can see that they're heavily influenced by them by by John. Um I but I think George had the the better work. I think then I would go Paul And then, you know, Ringo, just because Ringo really didn't put out that much stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think Ringo is at the bottom of the pile. Uh, I think I'd put... Yeah, well, that's tough. I think George... I I think I'm going to put George up top just because I don't particularly like John Lennon. And then we'll put John and Paul in the middle. You pick them. But I do think you're right about how much influence that Lennon's had on bands. I would go with... uh, Of the four of them...
0: The solo work that I would much rather listen to um, the most, it would be a tie between George and Paul for me.
2: Okay.
0: Um, you know how I feel about John Lennon. Yeah. I feel, feel bad for saying some of the things I said about him today. But um, I would almost put Ringo and John in a tie just because, <clears throat> just because Ringo, his all-star band thing started in the late 80s. He had a couple – interesting movie appearances and he landed the hot wife.
1: So, so in my
0: mind, you know, and there's nothing in that box who he's yeah. still with. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That, that's, yeah, that's actually pretty cool.
0: So, yeah. And he, and he also got sober in the eighties. So, you know, kudos to him for that. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I feel okay with that ranking. I feel bad that John's towards the bottom, but he just didn't well, but to, to echo
2: your comment from earlier. It's like, who's the best King of England. They're still, yeah there's still rock royalty, yeah uh, so do you think john lennon 's uh, legacy would have like what do you think would have happened to his legacy if say he was well it wouldn 't be a legacy if he was still alive, how would he be perceived now? Do you think he would still be the you know this kind of saint of music that he has i don't become? think
1: i don 't think he would uh, I think I he would have gotten it, out of it I think he would have gotten out of it. I think that the the more influence Yoko had on him, the less successful he would have been and i think people would have been tired of her crap yeah and with him being uh all about her he would have just receded from public life just because if they don't like yoko they don't like me and he would have just stepped aside
2: yeah yeah it's interesting to think about like if if he had not been killed this album had come out it gotten panned like it could have been a completely different course sure Uh, sure let me ask
0: you this question too um would they have ever reunited the four of them?
2: I don't think so. I don't I think don't so. Know. I don't. I, especially with the Yoko
1: wild card in there, I don't think it would have happened. Yeah. Although there was that moment when Saturday Night Live, when um, uh, Lorne Michaels came out and he did that joke about the Beatles. He's offering them $2,000 to come and appear on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, no. no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and John and Paul were actually hanging out at that time. And they were in New York and they were about to get in a cab and drive down to the studios because they thought it'd be really funny, yeah, to be there and be like saying, you know, well, there's only two of us, so you can we just get a thousand? <laughs> <laughs> but Yoko stopped them. Oh, God, what a killjoy! So, I, I yeah, think so-
2: Beatles reunion, writ Small, right there.
1: Yeah,
0: I I, I want to believe that something would, some event would have happened, like like yeah. a li- like a Live Aid or a some other, um, opportunity where they would have just said, you know what?
2: Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah.
0: we'll play f- four songs. Uh, we'll do a One
2: off. I'm imagining kind of a, a, a universe in which live eight included the Beatles. And it's kind of, that's would have been kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, instead we got the who reunion, which yeah, you know, Led yeah. Zeppelin, which was so bad that you can't even find it anymore. Right.
0: So I, I, I'd like to think that I, in my perfect world, you know, even the bands I know that won't reunite, like The Smiths and Journey and Sticks. They, in my mind, they'll all still get back together one day. So maybe it's over the Rainbow
2: Bridge, but they'll get there. We found we just found a topic about which Steve is optimistic.
1: Stop the presses! <laughs> yeah, which bands do we want what to get makes, back together? What
2: makes Spearsy happy? The missing Seggy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. How we facilitate this. It's funny because I've
0: gotten a couple emails lately from people who are like legitimately a little worried. <laughs> that that i sound depressed these days i, I assure you i'm not <laughs> i just i don't know it's it's a little bit of the e- sprinkling of the eeyore that's a, that's all it
1: is it's still it's magical thank god thank god. you've got brad as your i was gonna say poo but i think i'll go ticker <laughs> let's, not say, <laughs> let's not let's not work brown
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> hey we had a great time uh brad and Drew. thanks for joining thank you for having me absolutely uh, always fun and along with uh, John Paul, Ringo, and George, uh, at least for a little while, we'll remain here hopelessly, Stuck in the 80s. On America,
2: a- stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly.